0: Now, the question th- that's there is, is, what is the real mission of the church? What's the purpose of it? And, and more specifically, I suppose, I would ask, what is my responsibility to the fulfillment of this mission? You know, I'm afraid that there are people who, who look at their membership in the church as just being, you know, there's some place that they go regularly, um, but they really have no responsibility for carrying out the business. After all, uh, you pay Bob to do the preaching and to do the evangelism and to carry things out. Now, I, I know that's not the case, how it's being felt here, because you're in the process of trying to figure out how to do a better job of local evangelism. Uh, at Meford, the congregation that we attend up north, the same thing. We're in the in, in the throes of doing this as well. We're in a much different situation there because it's, a, it's, a, it's an old town. There's no, there's no commerce, or at least uh, no businesses in the town. There used to be a, um, a Globe Mills that, that had over 300 employees and, and Amrock uh, Cabinet Hardware who had over 500, but they're gone. And so the church is, is very different. As I look out here, I see people of all ages, um, whereas at Meaford, we don't unfortunately have that. In fact, most of us up there are over the hump and, uh, you know, just kind of trying to hang on at this point. But, you know, we do have a, a purpose. The church was, perch- was done, and that, now there are, there are many needs that go on in the world, and there's all kinds of organizations that try to meet them. Uh, These institutions are designed to meet whatever the various needs are that people have. So where does the church fit into this? Do we as a body say, okay, uh, there's this institution or that institution or this service or that service, so let them do it? Or, Or do we have responsibilities that we need to carry out? The number one responsibility of the church, of course, is to preach the word. That's, that's what it's all about, just like Jesus in Luke 19, verse 10, was busy preaching the word, the gospel, and that's got to be always our number one responsibility, because remember when Jesus left the earth, the last thing he said to his disciples, Matthew 28, 18, and 19, was go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that was, that was the work. That's, that's, that's number one. Now he, I, I think we see the wisdom of God and the wisdom of Christ because he didn't stop there. But in the next verse he says, teach them to observe all things. In other words, it's not simply a matter of getting people to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and be baptized, but we must teach them they need to walk in a certain way. It's interesting, isn't it, the number of people who you may see and know who claim to be Christian, who appear to be anything but, if you observe them in their daily life. There are a lot of people, I believe, in the world who are Sunday Christians. They get really holy on Sunday. But you don't want to get in their way the rest of the week because they have a totally different agenda. So second, as we look at the the, the, the maturing of the church, and then thirdly, the church has a responsibility for charity, for benevolence within and without the church. You know, it's interesting, you, you would enjoy this. Uh, at Meaford, they have, now Meaford's a little town, and although it's, uh, it's interesting how it's changed. When we left there to come to Strathmore in 1987, the population of Meaford was about 3,000. Well, it's 11,000 now. Because they incorporated a lot of the area, well, we have a food bank there uh, for people who have need, and 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 Beeford Congregation um, gives to the food bank. Last year, uh, we donated over 4,000 pounds of food to the food bank. Uh, this year, the goal is 4,500, and it's really it's really interesting because we when when the Bible class is over we sing songs and then the kids they have this this container that has four handles and so four of the kids take this thing and they go now they we only have a center aisle so it you know here you'd have to do it twice but uh, they have a center aisle and they go down and people put their contributions in there and and the kids they just you know this is great stuff they, they love to do that and it's a, it's a good thing. And the nice part of it is that when people come to the food bank, they mention the fact that, that some of the food comes from the Church of Christ. So that's good advertising, to let people know we care. And so there is that kind of work that we need to do. Now, it seems to me then, under the three headings, evangelism, edification, and benevolence, it is described why the church exists, why we exist. People's most basic and most significant needs are met under those three headings as we see the requirements that are ours. Now, in Revelation, we have the, the Lord's message to the seven churches of Asia. You know, it, it's interesting because, again, it, it's, you talk to people about the Bible, and, and I've had over the years many people who say, you know, I don't, revel- I don't understand Revelations. You know, I just don't understand it. Well, if you don't understand the first three chapters, somebody's helped you misunderstand it because it's pretty clear. And here we have described the seven churches in Asia at that time. If Strathmore had gotten one of these letters, how would it have read? Now, of the seven churches, only two are commended. The other five are criticized. Which would we be in? Which category would we fit in? There was Ephesus. Ephesus is is called the loveless church. The brethren, according to Revelation 2, verse 4, had left their first love. Evidently, their spirituality was really lacking. They were failing to understand who they were as the people of God and they had left their first love. Pergamos was the compromising church because they had accommodated brethren who had abandoned the doctrine of Christ and were adopting the doctrines of Satan. They were were a church that weren't standing up for the truth. They weren't standing up for God's word, but rather they were giving in to the pressure of those around them. Thyatira is called the corrupt church, again, allowing a false teacher to poison the church and turn it away from its most important mission. Here was a church that had that, that was negative about doing what needed to be done and were rather allowing false teachers to take place. You know... One of, the, one of the great responsibilities of the eldership is to be sure that whoever stands in front of the church and teaches is teaching God's word. It's so easy for us to be impressed and negatively affected by those who teach false doctrine. Because false doctrine many times sounds so good. And sometimes I like false doctrine because it's what I like. You know, it doesn't make the demands on me sometimes that I would rather not have. Now, Sardis, they were just dead. I mean, that, That's what he says about them. While they, while they had a good name, they had a good name people would look at Sardis Church and say, that's a good church. That's a good church. They were putting on, you know, a pretty good show. But inside, they weren't that. Inside, they weren't a church that was doing what they ought to have been doing. They had the the appearance of spiritual health and vitality, but, but actually... He says they were dead. Remember, by the way, this is Jesus sending these letters through John. The front was false. There was no substance behind it or life within it. And then we have Laodicea, and you know When you mention the seven churches of Asia, at least in my experience, you you mention the seven churches of Asia and say, name them. For a lot of people, the only one they can think of is Laodicea because they were such a lukewarm bunch. And, and you know, maybe, maybe we remember them because we'd like to be like them. You know, we just kind of like to be lackadaisical and not, you know, not get... I get too hung up on living the Christian life day by day, but just, you know, kind of let things flow. You know, I said here they were self-satisfied, comfortable, not willing to stir up anyone, including themselves. In fact, it gave a little effort for the Lord and gave a little to Satan. You know, there are, there are so many who who want to run a neutral course spiritually. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get, I, I don't want to get this holy thing. You know, I, I don't want people not to like me because I'm too holy. Unfortunately, there's a lot of that going around. But there's good news, because we have Philadelphia and Smyrna. Now, that's not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was Philadelphia in Asia. They received commendation from Christ, and nothing in condemnation. They were successful in carrying out what God desired for his church to do. Take a closer look at what Christ says to the church of Philadelphia and think about the church that meets here. You know, I would hope and pray that if God sent us a letter, it would be like the church at Philadelphia. As he talks about it, they were a successful church. Now what does that mean? Are we a successful church here? Well, you know we're 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 doing okay. We have a, a nice building. Uh, you know, we even have air conditioning. You know when it gets really hot. I can't mention that though, without thinking about Sister Elsie Gill. If you weren't here at the time when the decision was made to put in the air conditioning, the elders gave all the members a letter asking them to say, should we spend the money? Because it was going to be a significant amount of money to spend because they had to put duct work up there and all this stuff. And so after it was in, uh, by the way, the the, the vote was, I think, if I remember correctly, it was about 87% said, yes, do it. So it was... It was either that summer or the next summer. Was standing down at the front, seeing people out Sunday morning, and there were a few of us standing around there. Among them was Elsie. And somebody was saying, "Man, it was hot today." And it was. It was one of those really hot days. "Said it was hot today. It's sure nice to have that air conditioning." And Elsie said, "Yeah, it was." She said, "You know." She said, when they, when they ask us whether we should spend that money, I voted no. But she said, I've repented several times from that. <laughs> I, I love that memory. I, I tell you, I just I just about fell down laughing. It was just such a. Well, you know, they were they were successful at, at Philadelphia. The principal problem for the church at Philadelphia was not. Pagan opposition, but Jewish opposition. In verse 9, that was read a moment ago. Remembering the purpose of the church to evangelize, to edify, and to do benevolent work, here was a successful church. They were spreading the gospel. That's number one. If we ever forget that, we forget who we are. They were strengthening the faith of members. You, you understand, right, that, that the reason the church has Sunday evening service and Wednesday evening Bible study is to fulfill, to help fulfill that requirement, to build us, to, to encourage us, to teach us, to challenge us, to help us understand our responsibility and to strengthen our faith in Christ. And then showing love to the world. They didn't leave the world out, but were concerned about their situation. Jesus says to them, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, verse 8. You know, I, I like that, and I don't know what you think that means, but what I think that means is, if you're doing the right thing, then go for it. Because it's the right thing. And and God will give you strength to do the right thing. I'm absolutely sure of that. You know, I can't I can't excuse my sin by saying, oh, you know, I just I, I just couldn't do it. Because when I was baptized into Christ, God gave me something that's worth all the tea in China. Ever you know how much that's worth, right? He gave me the Holy Spirit. And he said, the Spirit will live in you and strengthen you if you will lean on him. And so we can do that as we seek to walk with God. No opposition could stop determined effort. And you know, that's, that's again is true. And we can't justify ourselves by saying we're small or whatever. We had a meeting a week ago yesterday at, at Meaford about, about outreach in our community up there. And, and you know, the church is it really sees a, a great task here. But we talked about the fact that, hey, you know, we can't, we can't say, well, no, we can't do anything. We do the best we can. We take care of developing ways to reach out to people. One of the things they have done... Up there, they have a they have a sign in front of the church building uh, that you can read as you go by. And, and our church building is just below the hospital. There's a hosp- there's a hill, and the hospital's up there. Our church building's down here. So hundreds of people go by every day, and and so they're advertising Key to the Kingdom on there. I like that. I, that's a good thing. And in fact, Steve's making us a sign that's going to go in. We have. The church at Meaford a few years ago had a, a, a sister who passed away and left some money to the church and so they built this big room it's about this size uh, on the side maybe not quite as big but pretty much and it's used actually that we they have they can play basketball if they want to in there but they use it sometimes for services and certainly for potlucks and all that stuff well this sign that Steve's making um, for key is gonna be five feet long and two and a half feet high. Right? That's the right dimensions of it. And, uh, and, and unless you're looking at your feet, oh, I should say this extra room is used by several groups through the week that, that use the, the building. And unless they're looking at their feet when they walk in, when they walk in the door, the first thing they're gonna see is this big sign advertising key to the kingdom. I like that. Uh, Hopefully it will do some good. And so there's there's nothing can stop us as far as teaching the word if we will just uh, be faithful and continue. In face of strong opposition, Jesus says, you have kept my word and not denied my name. Sometimes it's, it would seem easy just to to deny or to not acknowledge what the Lord says about how we live. Because that's what it's about, brothers and sisters. That's what it's about. It's not about the fact that we attend worship service on Sunday morning. Is that important? Absolutely. Is that good? Yes, it is. But what Christianity is about is what you are Monday through Saturday. It's how you live out there in the world. It's the testimony that you make by your example. Do people recognize commitment to God? Do they recognize holiness? Do they recognize a commitment to do God's will as they observe you from day to day? He says it brings a promise of Christ to such a faithful, charitable people. He makes promise. And this is followed by the challenge of Christ for the future of the church. And I want to to look at that In verse 11 uh, where he says I am coming soon hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown now the Lord's coming do, do I say soon well it's interesting, in Revelation, they say soon, and it's been 2,000 years. But, but what's the point? It's that the Lord is going to return. Whether it be today or 1,000 years from now, he's going to return. And it's where and how we live that will determine our fate after that time. So what crown are they going to get? Back in Revelation 2:10, the crown of righteousness. This crown. I was listening the other day to a to a song. I had a I had a CD by acapella that I've had since Hector was a pup, and that was a long time ago. Um, and I'd never opened the thing, and I listened to it the other day. And, and the first song they have is that they'll have a robe and a crown. Well, you know, maybe they're right, because he does talk about that crown. What applications, though, do these things have for us? You know, what's the point of all this? These passages are to all churches. What is said to one is said to all, as far as our responsibilities to be doing the the word of God. So the question comes, how successful has this church been in carrying out its purpose? And only, only you can answer that, because only you know what you're doing. And, and, and may I suggest that it's never what they are doing. You know, I think it's kind of a normal thing. You know, you have a club, if you have a, a service club of some kind, usually there are those people there who are the leaders who are who are busy who are working who are serving who are doing what they can well in the church you you always have that as well people who are doing that my challenge to you is to recognize that that you are the church wherever you are wherever you are whatever you're doing you are a representative of this church if you remember And people's opinion and people's understanding of the church will be determined by how you display the church to them. So, you know, what what would Christ write to us? So the church today, if we are going to really meet people's needs as the church, We must accomplish the same purposes and mission as the New Testament church. The mission is still threefold and it's still God's design. See, the whole point is that God had a design for his church. Christ had a design for his church. He understood what he wanted it to do. Remember what we started off with? Go ye therefore into all the world. We kind of do that here, don't we? (laughs) It's one of the nice things because we've got people from all over the world here. The mission of the church is still the same. If we fulfill our purpose, we will be pleasing to God like the churches of Smyrna and Philadelphia. I don't know about you, but I want to be with the minority when it comes to the church seven churches of Asia I want to be with those churches at Philadelphia and Smyrna we'll be busy preaching the gospel however and wherever we can the Lord's Church is the only source of gospel teaching to the world if we don't do it it won't be done And I'm talking about preaching the pure, true gospel. It's only going to be done by the Lord's Church. And we need to be busy strengthening and edifying each other. When a person obeys the gospel, one of the greatest challenges we have is keeping them saved. You know, there's a, there's a doctrine out there that says, once in grace, always in grace. Not true. Not true. Not necessarily, because it depends on how we live once we become Christians. Such continued teaching and edifying is not only necessary, but it's commanded. It's not an option. We can't decide whether we're going to preach the gospel or not. We we can't decide whether we will teach the whole counsel of God or not without teaching the children of God return to the world. Galatians 4, and verse 9, the Apostle Paul wrote there, but now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to to be once more. You know, you have to hold in there. That's what he's saying. Peter reminds us that we are to be teaching to promote growth, to carry out that command. We must be doing the work of benevolence. It's fine that there are institutions around who can do that, but we need to do it. To. The church needs to be involved in benevolent work. And, and it begins within. I mean, nothing wrong with helping a brother or sister with a benevolent need if they have a need. You know? But we need to recognize our need to reach out. The church has always been confronted with, necess- with the necessity to help see both spiritual and physical needs of hurting and sometimes helpless people. Love is still reflected in benevolence as it was in the early days of the church. And so let's wrap up by reminding ourselves that evangelism, edification, and benevolence is what God expects us to be doing. If we would be his people, Those are the things that need to be important to us. There are many different things that we can do under each of these headings. And and one of the things that we have to realize is that times change, things change, and, and, and our being effective changes. So we have to watch for ways that we can serve. It's not the work of any one person, but it's rather the work of all of us. And God invites everyone to join in this mission to fulfill the purpose of his church, his kingdom on earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your church. We thank you that we can be part of it. And we ask you, Father, to help us to honor you by working together to take your message of love to every possible person we can touch with it and help us, Father, to honor you in the way we walk each day, that those who know us will see Jesus living in us. We thank you for this family here. We thank you for each other. And help us to support and encourage each other as we go along. Thank you for this time this morning, Father. And be with us in the week ahead that we'll honor you each day. For we pray it through Christ. Amen. If you're here and you're not a Christian today, you can be one if you're ready to make the choice to leave behind sin, to repent of the things you've done. Confess your faith in Jesus and be buried and raised with him. We're going to sing a song. Number have to remember it's on the other side, 947. If you need to respond to the invitation in any way, please come. While well, together we stand and sing.